Welcome. This is Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, episode 575. It's October 4th. It's actually October 3rd. I'm doing this the day before, but it'll be released tomorrow morning. If you have listened to a bunch of episodes, certainly two years ago, episode 62 was my pre-tribute to my awesome wife, Diane because this is her birthday. So she did not want me to do it last year. She said, do something else. And I said, fine. But this year, I'm just going to give a quick update and then address a question that she had. So um, I'm not going to lay it on too thick. Uh, I want to thank the sponsors, Top Spinini and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Comsey.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. A look back. This is episode 575. I've learned more about the card companies. I might have knew historically about them, but I've been able to track with them through some of their products. And I'm way more sensitive after two plus years of doing this podcast every day to what my auction sponsors and other auctions are doing and bidding and enjoying that more. Personal friendships with Mike Fruitman and Rob Veris, and I would have already seen their stores, but for COVID, <laughs> but that's on my list. And then, of course, ComC. I've gotten more involved with ComC in my own account, as well as with Rich being there. And of course, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. I've sent increasing amounts of stuff to Beckett Authentication and Beckett Grading, and that's been great. So I want to thank the sponsors, and I try to give them business. I, I see them as sponsors, not as advertisers. There's a number of podcasts that do ads that are maybe necessary for some people. They're not for me. Ads that come at the beginning, at the end, and from situations that are not necessarily related to our industry. Again, it's a free world, but I'm glad I don't have to do that. And I'm glad my wife doesn't encourage me in that way either. She loves the fact that this is a self-sustaining that, that I actually do fine with, that I have uh, nice guests on the podcast. Again, she's met Rich and a few others, but she just thinks there's a bunch of nice guys. And she's right. Uh, she's encouraged me to tell more stories in, in educating and entertaining, make it fun. And uh, certainly it's easy to get into these back and forth stories when I do the dueling questions and things like that. Yeah, two years ago, that was before COVID. Uh, Pre-COVID, and Diane just says, what a great blessing that you had already gotten this started. When COVID hit, you already had something you could fill up some time with. And so I probably have spent more time post-COVID than I did pre-COVID because I think I enjoyed it. And if you remember the short form episodes that I have done now, I hadn't done them at the point of when I did that episode with her. And actually that idea came from a close friend of hers, a guy that's like an uncle uh, to our kids and uh, very digitally savvy, has a lot of good ideas. And when we have dinner uh, with him, <laughs> he's always got some ideas. And this is one of the ideas that I really ran with. And that was a lot of fun to take the pressure off trying to do slightly under 15 minutes. So the shorter episodes allowed me to do some things uh, that were either less serious or less intensive. The music, uh, still staying with the music. I don't think I'm going to change it unless people tell me they're really tired of it. But it's just that they're just an eight-second snippet at the beginning and an 18-second snippet at the end. So hopefully that's not wearing anybody out. Uh, social media is still not doing very much there. It's not that Diane has shirked in any way. I'm not active on social media really at all. Uh, she is. So she'll occasionally tell me something that's going on, and she enjoys that. And I'm just not ready to fully engage with social media. I'm thinking about doing a little bit more each year. The post-production that I've continued to do, I've polish that up a little bit. I think I'm doing better on that. I get these pitches, emails, and phone calls, and texts from people that say, hey, I could uh, post-produce your podcast, but I just don't know how to tell somebody how to edit it like I would edit it. So I, I want to take out stuff uh, that I don't think is as important for our collecting audience. Two years ago, when I did the first 
thing with Diane on her birthday. That was before Zoom. I don't think I even knew what Zoom was two years ago. So Zoom kicked in after COVID, obviously. And that actually has been a positive. I did not like doing the phone calls. I love doing in-person interviews. When I was on the phone, I couldn't see the person. So Zoom has been a great positive. I had a couple of glitches with Zoom, but for the most part, it's been a, been a real positive. I've stayed with Podbean and note that some of my other podcasting friends have changed podcast hosts, but I'm an extremely loyal person. So it's important that I make a good decision in the beginning because I'm probably going to stick with it. So Podbean has been my hosting service and I think they've done uh, largely uh, a good job and they've grown and improved their service. And I've added some other players to the mix as well. One of Diane's questions was about healthy athletes, not so much that they're goats, but in a sense that if Tom Brady is the GOAT of football quarterbacks, I don't think that's an accident. He's very healthy. If you look at LeBron and you think, well, he's like Michael Jordan and Kobe, only arguably bigger and stronger. But all those guys were great. But Tom Brady, why has he not just had great success, but uh, individual success and team success and longevity? And uh, she thinks part of it is his overall fitness. All of a sudden now he's a little bit older. And I think in every sport, the longer careers come from those who have, let's say, sport-appropriate fitness. And that includes strength, but it includes balance, it includes vision, it includes endurance, it includes flexibility, posture, and mental toughness, certainly, to have that enduring opportunity in the sport to excel. And so why shouldn't that be true for all of us, even collectors? Again, sport-appropriate fitness. I'm not sure what strength is required in the sport of uh, sports card collecting, carrying boxes back and forth. Balance, I'm trying to have good balance. Posture, Tom Brady has great posture. Uh, He has great mental toughness. His vision, I think my vision is deteriorating a little bit. I think it's certainly not as good as it was 25 years ago. Maybe not even as good as it was two years ago. So take care of your eyes. Endurance, which is, I think, apart from mental toughness, you can mentally tough, but your body just gives out. And flexibility is something you just have to work out. So Tom Brady, what has he done that these other quarterbacks either haven't done or were not willing to do? He does not set himself up for injury in the way he is in the pocket. He he didn't get beat up in college. He was a sixth round draft pick. And so he uh, wasn't the biggest, strongest, fastest guy but he, he stands tall in the pocket. He doesn't put his body in situations where he can get awkwardly hit. I think his uh, coaches have pretty quickly realized that if he's well protected and he does these uh, short drop quick routes, that's going to be a recipe for success to get some big, big uh, blockers, big offensive linemen up there. That also points out, I'm not saying that some of the other podcasters are missing the boat, but some of the analytical types have, I think, too much emphasis on the next game or last season or this season. I don't know that Diane's trying to make that point, but we've been talking about Tom Brady for a long time. And last year, I don't know if he surprised everybody, but he just keeps going. And this year, he's uh, looking strong as well. When you look at how to make money in sports cards, the sports card insights, you can be a day trader or you can be a a long-term buy and hold. You can do a kind of a a mutual fund aspect. I think that's what I did. I got some cards a long time ago of guys that I thought were going to be enduring goats or heroes or candidates for always being in the public eye. And I've just held them. Of course, I wasn't selling and I wasn't buying, but just holding that act that they went up in value. So anybody that bought Tom Brady's back 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, even five years ago, even they made money. Did you make more money if you bought and sold and kept buying? I don't know. It depends on your windows of when you bought. To me, I think you could make a case for building a stash 
of these guys that you think have healthy habits and take good care of themselves that are not a lot of drama in the press or even in social media that you can see this is a guy that has his head on straight. He's all about winning, all about elevating his teammates. And if that's the case, why would you want to sell? I guess you could sell and then buy back, but you can't buy on the dip if there's never a dip. So why not just buy and hold? And so I hear more podcasts talking about what's the good thing to buy right now. And again, there's probably some emphasis on what to hold as opposed to what to sell. But accumulating goats, it's hard to argue against that. But then the question is, don't overpay. This is part of the sports card insight for this is that even somebody as great as you could imagine, do not overpay. People pay next year's price for this year's cards, thinking that it's going to go up next year and the year after and the year after. That may be the case, but there's no sure thing there. When I was buying stuff back 40 years ago, I wasn't overpaying. I was buying more than one player that I thought, hey, this guy's a good guy. I think that's a good price for now. It could go up. This is an athlete that is not uh, pliability or, or TB12. <laughs> that wasn't a thing in those days, but it's somebody that I think is going to have a long career. And so if you're going to hold to somebody that is going to have a short career, it better be like Sandy Koufax, where he's winning Cy Youngs and hardly ever losing when he was in his. At any rate, I love my wife. I love doing this podcast. I love the hobby. Maybe it's in that order. I don't know. But, uh, happy birthday, Diane. And again, I hope Tom Brady will go a long way because I think part of her message is that he's a good example for some of us guys that are older than being able to play basketball full court and go up and down and to see a guy that's that age playing football at a high level is inspiring. And the fact that he takes care of himself is not an accident. So I think that's the subliminal message there to to me and to all my friends. Take good care of yourself. What would Tom Brady do? He's probably <laughs> taking time to stretch and put himself in, in environments that allow him to compete and win at a high level. So thanks, everybody. I look forward to uh, many more episodes. Thank you, Diane, my muse and my inspiration. And I'll talk about her again maybe next year <laughs> at this uh, level of depth. And I'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. The man that-